3: from KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Alex Hall. A bill to hold gun manufacturers responsible for death and destruction caused by their products cleared a key assembly committee yesterday. As KQED Politics Editor Scott Schaefer explains, it's part of a larger package of legislation addressing gun violence.
0: The bill, AB 1594, requires gun manufacturers and sellers to take reasonable steps to prevent their products from being used illegally. If they fail to do that, it would allow private individuals and the California Attorney General to file civil suits for the harm caused by their products. The bill, whose lead sponsors include San Francisco Assemblyman Phil Ting, passed the Judiciary Committee on a party-line vote. It's modeled after an anti-abortion law in Texas, which allows private individuals to sue anyone who assists in an abortion. Supporters of the California bill say it would circumvent federal laws giving gun manufacturers immunity when their weapons are used in mass shootings. The bill is one of several under consideration aimed at shoring up gun safety and reducing gun violence. Even if Governor Gavin Newsom signs it into law, it's sure to be challenged in court. For the California Report, I'm Scott Schaefer.
3: While health officials are hopeful that the worst of the pandemic is over, hospitals are still reeling from financial losses. As Valley Public Radio's Carrie Klein reports, one hospital in the San Joaquin Valley is warning of disaster.
2: Madero Community
4: Hospital was the first in the Valley to receive a COVID-positive patient. Since then, according to hospital CEO Karen Palinelli, it's endured blow after financial blow as elective surgeries were canceled and the desperate need for staff meant high hourly rates for traveling nurses. There has been nothing to offset the increased cost of care during this pandemic. Our costs have increased, but our reimbursement has not changed. She warns that with inflation affecting drug and supply prices and the continued high costs of labor, the losses will continue. If options to save or get additional funding for hospitals do not materialize, the hospital could close its doors permanently. A new report commissioned by the California Hospital Association shows a majority of hospitals across the state are now operating in the red. To help ailing facilities, the association is making a number of budget requests to the state, including higher reimbursements for treating Medi-Cal patients.
3: For the California Report, I'm Carrie Klein. Governor Gavin Newsom visited the Oroville Dam yesterday to talk about the ongoing drought and the state's plans to address it. As North State Public Radio's Alex Stutson reports, California might need to shut down one of its largest hydroelectric plants.
1: Governor Gavin Newsom gave the update inside the Edward Hyatt Power Plant, about 670 feet below the top of the Oroville Dam, while turbines whirred around him. He said he chose the location in part to highlight a key piece of the state's critical infrastructure built over 50 years ago. Lake Oroville, behind the dam, holds water that serves about 27 million Californians.
2: And it's in that spirit that we're here because that's the kind of innovation, that's the kind of work that we need to advance today to address the weather whiplash that we're now experiencing.
1: Newsom noted the hydropower plant is currently operating at 50 percent capacity due to low levels in the lake. Last summer, for the first time in history, the plant was forced to shut down, also due to low water levels. Newsom acknowledged that the drought has been hard on the north state.
2: And we're going to follow through on our commitments to continue to do more and do better for the people in the northern part of the state of California, wildfire preparedness and drought preparedness.
1: Details were scarce on the state's next steps. Newsom pointed to the $5.2 billion allocated for drought relief last year and says his office is working to secure more funding from the state legislature. For the California Report, I'm Alex Stutson in Butte County.
3: With drier winters, hotter summers, and year-round potential for wildfires, Southern California is experiencing the effects of climate change. And the grab bag of wild weather isn't lost on SoCal voters, according to a new poll. As KCRW's Matt Gillum reports, the threats presented by a warming world are registering with people, and they support policies to address them. 64%
2: of voters in L.A. County and the Inland Empire describe the threat of extreme heat to the well-being of them and their families as very serious or somewhat serious. The poll out from UC Berkeley's Institute of Governmental Studies and co-sponsored by the L.A. Times finds statewide roughly two-thirds of voters believe the uptick in triple-digit temperatures could impact their well-being. Naturally, politics plays a role in perspective. Nearly 80% of California Democrats say extreme heat presents a risk. In stark contrast just shy of two-thirds of golden state republicans say soaring temperatures do not pose a serious health risk however the poll finds a majority of voters of all political stripes in the state support california putting restrictions on building new housing in areas at high risk of wildfire as the state works to get more power from renewable energy sources california voters were mixed on the scheduled shutdown of the diablo canyon nuclear plant along the central coast Currently, nearly 40 percent oppose shuttering the plant, a third support the closure, and more than a quarter of voters say they're not sure. For The California Report, I'm Matt Gillum.
3: Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host
1: of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.
0: Hey. To sign up now that's podcast with an s thanks
3: across california law enforcement agencies are under increasing scrutiny over using the dna of sexual assault survivors in unrelated criminal investigations santa clara county supervisors heard testimony tuesday as kqed's oddity bunlamudi reports
2: Back in February, San Francisco police were found misusing DNA from sexual assault survivors to possibly incriminate them in other unrelated cases. Santa Clara County Assistant DA David Angel told supervisors his office doesn't want to discourage survivors or witnesses from reporting crimes.
1: We have very strict protocols who can be uploaded, and it explicitly excludes victims and also witnesses.
2: But no law dictates that policy. That could change. A bill is making its way through Sacramento that would bar law enforcement from keeping DNA profiles of sexual assault survivors in a searchable database. For The California Report, I'm Aditi Bandlamudi.
3: And yesterday, the San Francisco Board of Supervisors unanimously approved an ordinance banning the misuse of crime victims' DNA. The measure will prohibit police from storing DNA profiles obtained from crime scene evidence, including rape kits, in city-run databases for more than 60 days. Thousands of nurses in Northern California have been locked out by Sutter Health after participating in a one-day strike on Monday. In a statement to the San Francisco Chronicle, the hospital chain says they guaranteed five days of work for replacement workers that were hired as they had to make contingency plans with the uncertainty over the work stoppage. The nurses will not be able to return to work until Saturday morning. The California Nurses Association, which represents the nurses, told the Chronicle the lockout was a vindictive anti-union move. The contract for Sutter nurses expired in February and the sides have been negotiating since last summer. Republicans in Sacramento are urging the budget committees in both the Assembly and Senate to set aside $10 billion in the 2022-2023 budget for mental health services. The Sacramento Bee reports that the goal is to develop new county mental health and addiction treatment facilities along with new centers focused on behavioral health education. Republicans say Governor Newsom's proposal to fund Care Court, which would move thousands of mentally ill and addicted people into mandatory treatment plans doesn't go far enough and that there have been major gaps in the mental health system for decades. Meanwhile, Los Angeles County's proposed budget for the next fiscal year also includes new investments in mental health. KPCC's Robert Garova has more.
5: The proposal includes about $4 million for mental health crisis response and outreach. County CEO Fizia Davenport plans to use federal funds to accommodate demand for the Department of Mental Health's outreach, engagement, and crisis response, among other efforts. We need safety and innovations like alternative crisis response to keep our neighborhood safe and healthy over the long term." The investment would provide for about 24 additional positions. In 2020, the county's psychiatric mobile response teams went out on more than 20,000 calls, with roughly 7,000 of those leading to a patient being placed in a hospital. The teams are an alternative to sending armed sheriff's deputies. Demand is so high for the unarmed teams that response times can be several hours or even an entire day, depending on staffing. For the California Report, I'm Robert Garova in Los Angeles.
3: Local libraries in California are funded almost entirely by local funds, and Kern County in the San Joaquin Valley has the worst funded library system in the state. Just this year, the county's annual library budget was $9 million, compared to San Francisco's more than $170 million. Now, the Kern County town of McFarland is facing the possible closure of its only public library, so the space can be used by the McFarland Police Department. While city leaders have rallied around the proposal, many in the community oppose the plan. Reporter Emma Gallegos wrote about the brewing controversy for EdSource, and she joins us now. Emma, thanks for being here.
4: Thanks for having me.
3: Emma, what has the argument been from city leaders to build a new police headquarters, and why do they think this site makes sense? The headquarters is currently at
4: City Hall, which they say is too cramped, and they're trying to expand the police department. It also happens to be the kind of building that they would like, so they don't have to build something from scratch, so they would save money. And then they also say, hey, this library, it's only being
3: open two days a week. For the police department, we would use it 24 hours a day. Mm And I know members of the community started a petition to stop this from happening. They've collected more than 1,500 signatures. What are their main concerns? The people love the library
4: there and they use it. Those two days a week that it's open, it is
3: very busy.
4: This is a small town. There's not a whole lot of communal space in the town. It's very sweet, actually. (laughs) You'll just see kids riding bikes, going in and out, hanging out, seeing their friends. It just, it really does feel like a wonderful community space. And so, they really want to guard that space and keep it. McFarland's a place where I, I was looking up some of the data. 4% of people there have a bachelor's degree. 45% of people over 25 haven't graduated from high school. So there's not a lot mm-hmm. of support for education, you know, not just in Kern County, but in places like McFarland. So they're saying, you know, we want more investment in places where we can learn to read and, mm-hmm. you know, get get
3: better, yeah, <laughs> especially for, for our sure. kids. You report that Kern County has the worst funded county public library system in the state. How bad are things for the county's libraries?
4: Yes, so I I looked up the state actually keeps track of um, how much local governments contribute to their library systems. You know, most of library funding comes from local governments, and so Kern County contributes the least to it. That's how I started looking into this when the, you know, police said we need this because it's not open. I said, well, you know, why isn't it open? And so that's, Mm -hmm. I looked a little bit into it and found that most of what a library's funding goes to is staff and staff helps keep the library open. So in San Francisco, most of the libraries are going to be open most days of the week. In Kern County, most of the libraries are open two or three days a week, just like McFarland.
3: And I know some residents, as you report, have expressed concerns about the McFarland Police Department, which has a history of misconduct. Is that right?
4: Yes. McFarland is a city that hasn't had a lot of money, and this has created a lot of problems. They did not pay their police very well, and they did not screen their candidates for police very well. So this is based on other reporting that's been done by the Bakersfield, California, and in UC Berkeley, um, some of the students there. And they found that, you know, a lot of the police came in with misconduct records from other um, wow. police departments. So, and to be clear, there is a, there is a new chief in town. Um, he's been there the last year. And so he says, you know, I'm in here to bring accountability and change things. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, residents have been through a lot for a number of years. And so there's still some skepticism in the community about, you know, whether it's time to turn over
3: the library. Emma Gallegos is the Central Valley Journalism resident at EdSource. Emma, thanks for your reporting. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And that's the California Report for Wednesday, April 20th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Alex Hall. Thanks for listening.
1: Support for the California Report comes from Personal Capital, providing people with financial tools like the Retirement Planner to help them achieve their financial goals. PersonalCapital.com Paint Care Paint Care now with 834 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies and opportunities for human achievement.
4: I am Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant diverse golden state because what happens in California changes the
5: world. I love this place. We were once seen as like the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now.
4: KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randa Deveta from Throughline.